When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Father Knows Something, the Halloween episode. How many episodes have we had now? Roughly? I don't know. It's not like a Halloween. It's just kind of like a... Spooky season, paranormal episode. But I like the season. Uh, yeah, but I'll, I just don't want to, you know, some people don't like uh, Halloween. Oh, well, I'm into pumpkins. Uh, I think pumpkins are great. The biggest, largest pumpkin new world record, just for trivia, if, they, if you don't know, came from Minnesota this year. Yeah. Uh, he broke his own record from last year. The one we saw? Yeah, he won like a bunch of money too for having the biggest 30, pumpkin. 40 grand, I think. Or something yeah, it was like that. a lot of money. But not just at the fair. No, it was a special pumpkin contest that they held like. I think that they even transported that he thing. He transported out here. It on a truck. I think it was out here. Out here. Because we saw it on the news out here. Don't you remember? Yeah. Where was that? It was I don't crazy. Know, but that's crazy. But it was okay. a big. I don't know. It was one we saw. Yeah, another thing I like. Another thing I like about the season is I always I, I found the sign and it says, "Hey there, pumpkin," and I like calling people pumpkin. I think it's kind of fun. Hello there, pumpkin. Yeah. Like who? Like me? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, "How's your day, pumpkin?" Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I've ever heard you use the yeah, word right. pumpkin. Pumpkin. Uh, I have my new friend on my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, he's hanging out with us today. He had trouble seeing, so I gave him my glasses. Apparently, he he does well. And when he flies, they, they kind of, they don't fall off. They just still stay on Just like floor. you? Just like Does me. he want to say hello? Uh, I don't know, but he I might. I think he does. I, yeah, think, I, think, I, he I does. think he wants to say hello. He might chime in. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else? And do you want to have a cocktail? He wanted a tequila, blood, blood and tequila. Mm. Blood. I think he's going to call it the tequila you. Mm. <laughs> nice. Very bad. So uh, I'm ready. Let's, okay. Let's get, let's, let's, let's get, get to, oh, by the way, that's Jack, by the way. In the, here. The yeah. squirrel. The squirrel. Okay. Every, my, my, in the backyard, I had a squirrel named Jack. We have a lot of props if you guys are watching on YouTube today. It is spooky overload in the studio. Yeah. Okay. I do just want to say all of the stories we're using today are write-ins from listeners. A lot of them came from our Patreon family. Father Knows Something Patreon. Okay. So we prioritize those. And then we also took just listener write-ins from everyone responding. So these are all listener paranormal stories. Like, they're real. They're real. real. They're okay. real. Okay. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's get spooky. By the way. Trick or Number one. Van. Van. All right. This is a good um, kind of intro into this episode, I would say. Okay. 
My now husband and I got pregnant our first year of college and we ended up moving in with his dad so we could finish college. At the end of my pregnancy, they bought a bigger house that had an in-law suite for us to live in. The house had sat empty for 15 years prior to their purchase. From the moment we moved in, there was something very unsettling about the room we were staying in, but we all just ignored it. One night, I was laying in bed feeding the baby while my husband sat on the back porch writing a paper. He had the baby monitor in case I needed help. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my husband standing at the end of the bed, and when I lifted my head to look at him, he dropped to the ground. I started laughing and said, knock it off, get up. I called his name a few times and nothing. I was getting frustrated when over the baby monitor, I hear him saying, are you calling for me? No. I panicked and yelled for him to come in. He checked the entire room and there was nothing. From where I was sitting, the only way out was through the closet doors right in front of me or a back door that was closed right next to me. So I know no one could have snuck out. There were lots of creepy things that happened during our time there and even some my father-in-law has told me in the years since we moved out. But that was by far the scariest. That is terrifying. Well, I mean, who, the, whoever the, the manifestation was, he wasn't being uh, hostile. He was friendly. I mean, he dropped to the ground and was almost like, it almost like was like he was the ghost or, you know, this manifestation was pretending to be hurt or injured almost so she would like get up and go to him. Like it, it feels right, because- like she was trying to be like because enticed it, out or right. like and it was the baby monitor that said are you looking because he was still out on the right, porch writing his right, paper right. and there's like a lot of um there's a lot of cultural stories i remember on two hot takes we had a, a write-in from someone where their grandma had passed and they didn't know she had passed yet and so grandma called and was like she had a bad feeling so they didn't answer the phone but grandma left a voicemail And by that time of the voicemail, grandma had already died. She was gone. And there was something in, I believe it's like the Mexican culture where like spirits will come and try to contact the living to whisk them away, especially children. That was like the way people commented on it and said it. But I could see this being like a very dark spirit trying to like latch and especially to like her and she's with a little baby who, you know, babies are so innocent and vulnerable. I mean, yeah, it's just that moment where you're hanging out by yourself and you think you see someone that you're used to them being there because they're the only two people, like who else would be there? And that moment when you realize you hear them from across the house and they're not that thing you just saw, that is the moment where it's like, Oh my God. So yeah. is, the, is the manifestation, here's the question that I would have, is the manifestation real in plasma or real the fact that the manifestation gets into their mind and electronically through their sensors makes them see it because you know what's in your mind's eye is real? Mm-hmm. Don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting concept. That's a little intro for you though. Warm up. That was our warm up. I'm warm. You feeling spooked? I'm feeling feeling warm. (laughs) Okay, so number two. In 2021, after a two and a half year battle with a rare and extremely fatal brain tumor, 
One of my younger brothers, Brandon, male 15, passed away the day after Christmas. At the time, I, female 23, was a first-year veterinary student at the University of Minnesota. Go Gophers. So while I normally would have not been home, as I am an out-of-state student, I was back for the holidays. Brandon suffered a brain herniation and was suspected to be brain dead due to the massive amounts of damage that was caused. However, he could not be declared passed until certain tests were done. As a result, he had to remain on life support for three days while the doctors conducted these tests. My parents did not leave Brandon's side for one second during that time. Because my house had essentially become a hospital due to the -the round-the-clock care Brandon required, me and my remaining brothers, male 24 and male 12, had to help load trucks and trucks just full of medical equipment to either toss, donate, or return to the insurance provider. One of these nights, I went into Brandon's room to look for any machines we thought we might have missed. Before I even touched the machine, or anything for that matter, the TV turned on. I froze. Blaring from the TV was a Dolphins game, and surprisingly, they were winning. To give some context, the Dolphins are my eldest brother's favorite team, with Brandon being a Cowboys fan. With every hair standing up on my body, I immediately look at the nearest outlet and hastily unplug every cord I see, convincing myself I must have turned something on by mistake somehow. Despite desperately trying to rationalize myself through it, I knew what was happening. It was a sign from him. I ran to my eldest brother sobbing and told him, I think that was meant for you. Months later, still learning how to grapple with my grief, I made an appointment with a medium. Ever the skeptic, I made a fake email address, gave a fake name, a fake birth date, and a fake place of residency. As this was over Zoom, I made sure that I was in a room where he could not possibly pick up on anything. While we were talking, he immediately asked if I had two siblings, and I tentatively answered yes. He then asked why he saw another, younger, specifically male energy around me, and then followed that up with, quote, did you have another brother that passed away? I couldn't believe it. Oh, I have full chills. I couldn't believe it. I immediately broke down and told him yes. He told me things about Brandon and my life during that session that he could have never known. However, probably the craziest one of all is when he told me he would try to allow to let Brandon speak through him. He warned me that it might only be one or two words, if that, and that there would be no promises. Immediately, the medium told me, I'm only getting one word, dolphins. Does that mean anything to you? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. P.S. The day that Brandon passed away, his favorite player of all time, Dak Prescott, had the absolute game of his life. He followed Brandon on Instagram through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and they would talk here and there. When my eldest brother messaged him to tell him Brandon had passed away, he immediately said that it was no coincidence how he played that night. I couldn't care less about American football, but I root for Dak Prescott every single time. That's so good. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but that makes me like Dak Prescott. Great story. Oh, I fully believe in mediums. I think they are real. They I are. want to do one of those. Wait, 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 wait. You fully, you fully believe, and you think that they, you believe they're real. They are real. I know. Didn't you go to one? I've, I've been around. I've you been went around. to like a, a like a show. Yeah, I've been around. You know, 
How yeah. did the show go? She, they're amazing. They're amazing. Well, yes. Yeah. I, what'd you experience? Um, we went because we wanted to have Dee Dee and Andy connect with Alex or Lillian, their their mother and father. Mm-hmm. And however, we did not get called to do that. It was a, it was at a big venue. They probably had, um, I would say. 1,500 people in the audience. Um, her name was um, Brown. I'm trying to remember her name, the medium. I have to get her for you, but it's Brown. Look up Brown, medium or not. Oh, yeah, she passed away. What was her name? Just, for, just so I can prove it to myself. I'll know Sylvia her Brown. Sylvia Brown. Amazing. She was amazing. And, and I've heard others as well through the years, but I would say that uh, there's, a, there's a definite reality to it uh that lends me to believe it when you asked me the question last week i know that there's something on the other side that's well this is the type of sign i'm telling you because the word dolphins connecting then to the screen Mm -hmm. and to the brother that's a sign you can't mistake Mm -mm. that's the sign i need from you oh you'll get it that's the sign i need and i also need to go to a medium because i would i would just i would Flip out. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, if he came to you and said, I can make you disappear, that would be enough to... to That's a good message. That, that would be enough to throw, you know, every hair on back of your head. Oh my God, I'd lose it. <laughs> that would right, be crazy. Right up. Yeah. Right up there. That's that is, true. That's wild. That's really powerful to get that message from your brother. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. I got full-blown chills. Like, look, wow. I... I I, I have experienced losing my parents. My I've certainly believe my mother has sent me messages. Uh, she hasn't talked in thirty years now. <laughs> there are about, but for no. the fir- but for the first I'm year, not even thirty. Okay, so it was twenty twenty. Oh no, 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 it's it's twenty years. I'm sorry, it's seven. It's uh, actually eighteen years now. Yeah. The bottom line is is that um, very clear messages in the first year, and then when she said you're okay and I'm gone. I'm out of here. That was it. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. Hmm. But when people that love you, that you've, you have a connection of energy for a while, are very, very unmistakably, it was very near his passing. So we don't know that, that hover time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't really understand the hover time. That is interesting. Just that initial like before crossing over, going wherever mm-hmm. people believe people go. Yeah, I think there is like an initial like wait period to make sure everyone's mm-hmm. okay and mm-hmm. the dream visits. But even like what's interesting is now that this is coming back to me with the first story and this one and messages, mm-hmm. Alejandra was walking here in LA and um, she was like going across a crosswalk or somewhere and she saw her grandpa like her grandpa that had already passed, she literally saw him walking down the street. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it reminds me of the first one where like her husband walked in the room and it's like, oh my God. And she regrets not saying something, but it's like, what if it was like, what if it was like a darker thing too? You never Mm -hmm. know. But she literally saw him walking down the street, like Mm -hmm. clear as day. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, would you run up and like, what would you do in that? If I saw someone I knew, I I probably would be like, "Hello, like what? What?" 
But then it's like, what if it's just his doppelganger, but like even crazier or a long lost brother? I don't know. I feel like for me, I would freeze, but then I'd like chase after them and be like, hey, hey, what, well, yeah. what's up? Well, now they're, they're, they're past, they're, they're in a, in a physical status. They're past plasma. They're in a real physical. Yeah, exactly. And that's even more, you know, you start believing more in the doppel, doppelganger. 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 Because, I mean, Jonathan was convinced he saw me walking in D.C. when I was not really supposed to be there. Oh, my God. You were there. You were playing a prank on him. Uh, his doppelganger. <laughs> you. Yeah, it was me, but. That's it's so like Morgan's funny. friend thought she saw you and that was your. That no, was, it was uh, actually it, you. It, it was a doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Number you never three. know, folks, when I'll show up at your front door. <laughs> Gosh. Or my doppelganger. <laughs> There's just like 20 Jerry's out there. That'd be wild. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Okay. Okay, that was great. Yes, and I, I believe. Let's see what you think of this one. Okay. Hello, FKS fam. Love both podcasts. I, 21 female and my boyfriend, 21 male, we were asleep on my parents' couch in their basement. All of a sudden, I was jolted awake. I immediately felt uneasy and afraid. I could feel eyes on me. When I looked above us, I saw a shadowed figure hovering above us. I knew I didn't want to look away in case it were to get closer or move. I yelled for my boyfriend to wake up, and he wasn't budging. After multiple failed attempts to wake him up without losing my gaze, I finally turned to my boyfriend to wake him up. When I turned back, the figure was gone. I started freaking out and asking him if he saw anything. He did not have a clue what was going on. I got up to turn the lights on and sage the basement. I used sage to cleanse negative energy and to cast the figure out. I even cleaned myself and my boyfriend. As I was going around with sage, I noticed a dead bird and the smell of death and decay coming from its body. It looked like it had been there for days. It was not there earlier when we had went to the basement. It was right in the middle of the hallway. My boyfriend helped me clean the bird up and sanitize where the bird had been. At this point, we were both fully awake and conscious for at least 10 minutes. My boyfriend went home and I went to sleep in my room. When I By yourself? <laughs> Fuck no. The boyfriend was smart enough to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> what was with you? We'll wait for this. When I woke up, I mentioned it to my boyfriend, and he doesn't remember helping me clean up the bird. Nothing. This is very unlike him, and he usually has a good memory. We had full conversations while we were awake doing this. Still to this day, I am left uneasy about the whole situation. I have not seen the figure again and hope I never do. Okay. I was at first going to say this sounds like a sleep paralysis. And do you know what? Have you heard of sleep paralysis? No. Educate okay. me. So sleep paralysis is this state in which it, they say it happens like just before you're about to fall asleep or just as you're waking up. 
And it's a state where your body is locked in, you're fully paralyzed, but you're starting to become aroused. And so a lot of people will see figures hovering above them, like truly the scariest, most horrendous figures ever. Yeah. And they're, you're locked in. You cannot move. You are just trapped. And so Alejandra has this happen a lot, but it is really, really terrifying and it can feel like death to some people. So when I first heard this, I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like a sleep paralysis thing. Mm. But then the bird and the fact that it's never happened again since that I'm like, okay. But the fact that he doesn't remember cleaning up the bird, that I would immediately, I'd be like running to the dumpster to like make sure the bird was real. Like, was the bird actually there? True. Like if if this happened with us and I'm like, no, I literally. Or was this the most vivid nightmare you've ever had? Mm -hmm. Like, this is crazy. Goes back to my, goes back to my first statement on the first thing. Is it, is it really physical or is it the way that a spirit or the, uh, the that world going to attack your yeah your psyche wow have you ever had a dark figure a dark figure mean like, hovering above you or standing well, in the corner when or... i talked when i talked to my mom that last time she was floating above me in the morning before i woke up but i wasn't terrified i wasn't feared of it i mean i i invited it it was great to see her and you know try to understand what she was trying to say to me because mm -hmm. she had two different you know two different mode she had the mode that she was uh young at the time that i i was born she, i was she was 28 when i was born and she was floating over me at that age wearing a kind of a um shroud a, a robe no like a, like a bath like like a bed robe mm. Mm. that she had that i used to see in movies you know when they had you know movies of of me you know as a kid or, oh, or when yeah. i came home from the hospital wow. So I saw that floating over me, and then I saw her in the shroud, the burial shroud. When she left, she was just in a in a canvas, you know, shroud kind of, and or a linen shroud. And I, she was just it's time for me to go. And she got in this long, long, long line, almost like a line going at the airport, basically. Yeah. So were there know, there were other people in the line? Oh my God, it was full. I mean, it was just. That's like a soul. soul, yeah. That's like, exactly what I was envisioning. Yeah. It's like a conveyor line up to the going, other side. Going the other side, it's time. And where she says, you're okay now, it's time for me to, I'm leaving, I'm gone. Wow. So something interesting that you haven't, that you had more of a loving experience. Yes. This is the additional info. I'm a very sensitive person to spiritual things and mm -hmm. spirits in general. I have always had a gift of being able to recognize spirits, whether it's a feeling I get when I know someone is visiting mm -hmm. or if I can genuinely see a figure or spirit. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it is based off the feeling I get when they appear. Before this experience, I've only had loving feelings towards anything I've seen or felt. Until this time, this one felt bad and as though its intention was to hurt me. Most of the time when I'm able to see spirits that are lighter slash pastel colors, but this one looked like a shadow. Since this experience, more spirits have visited me with unkind motives. Well, I do have another story. I feel like with that though, I feel like they see her as a threat. Like they're trying to hurt her and like, yeah. That's, but before your story, was uh, it lighter pastel colors? Wait, wait when, let's not even go there. I got to get this out before I forget it. So it was 1986. 
I think 1986, and I was seeing somebody, and she had traveled to come visit me. She was from Kentucky. She came to L.A., and she was into, I don't know if she was into clowns or not into clowns, but I had my from my parents' house, and I never really liked clowns, these three pictures of clowns going up the stairs. And something happened that when she was sleeping, I went downstairs and I was like, I had this feeling of the clowns hurting me or a negative energy. And it was regard those clowns. And I literally got those clown paint the next, within an hour, those clown paintings were out of the house. Very dark, very negative energy from those clown paintings. Interesting. And I don't know if I had it's something to do with Annabelle. it. It's giving Annabelle. It was really weird. And I will tell you that that was a dark feeling and it was a scary feeling. And I really realized these suckers are out of here. I think objects can be possessed. I think those, like, if there's a demonic spirit and it doesn't have a person or another vessel it can get into, I mean, that Annabelle doll, that movie was based on a real experience from Ed and Lorraine Warren. Like, there's there's weird stuff that happens. So No, I don't doubt it. You never My know. My grandma used to make dolls, and she had a room probably about this size, and it was completely filled. Like, the shelves oh and everything I around. I found them weird. And you walked in, and they all looked like they were looking at you. But I don't think I ever had a bad feeling in there. But you, uh, a year ago, or two, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, your grandma, uh, we had to go to that house that her friend of hers passed, and they mm-hmm. left her all this, you know, this house loaded with the a doll collection. And I was going to uh, liquidate this doll. I mean, it was a massive collection. I mean, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dolls. Damn. Every wow. kind of possible doll from handmade ones. Mm-hmm. This thing was extensive. And, but I will tell you that I found them weird. Just weird. Yeah. Not Some my, people love them though. I know. Not my gig. Not my gig. No. And it made it came back from that feeling that I had from that the stupid clown. The clown Damn, picture. That's, that's crazy. crazy. You never heard that story. No, I haven't heard the clowns. That's wild. But you have a, you had a friend. I have You're friend. still friends with him. But his mom was obsessed with clowns, or he was. And I Dan remember, Cone. yeah, and I remember going to his mom's house in Duluth, and there were clowns everywhere. And I just felt it weird. It was just, it wasn't a good feeling. I'm not like, clowns don't freak me out now, but to be in a house where every inch is clowns, oh my you God. walk around a corner and there's a big clown staring at you. And have you seen the new clown Airbnb? God, no. Everyone look up the clown Airbnb. Uh-uh. It is. Crazy. I don't know. I have no words for it. Oh my God. It's like a horror house. Yeah, that's it. That's terrifying. No, I, you couldn't pay me to stay there. Would you stay at that house? I don't like clowns. Yeah. And it's every room too. You definitely wouldn't. I feel, I feel it's, an, it's a negative energy. Well, don't you remember that clown murderer? There's Again. literally murderers that have dressed up as clowns and they just go around killing people. Yeah, because great camouflage. No, no one can recognize them. Ugh, Crazy shit. Terrifying. Telling you, that's just not my gig. The Joker. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's tr- trigger warning, clowns. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. Trigger warning, clowns. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. 
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, number four. Hi, dad, sis, brother, and Holly, who isn't here today. I just finished the recent FKS story and heard you wanted something for spooky season. Before I start, Justin, you need to have an open mind. So, it's open. Only, only Justin needs the open mind. <laughs> he's a, a known skeptic. Is he? Known. So I've been experiencing things such as seeing things in the corner of my eye, bad feelings, and hearing things my whole life. At first, I thought some things were just dreams until my cousin or brother would mention something they experienced, and then I started to realize that they were probably real. My first story is from when I was 14 and I had a huge bedroom. I never felt uneasy in that room until one night I rolled over. I have insomnia, so I struggle staying asleep. So I know I was awake and I see this very pale woman with long brown hair that reached her hips, hunched over, staring at me. She seemed scared or surprised that I was making eye contact. My grandma always used to say to act like you don't see or hear anything. So I adjusted my head and looked to a different part of my room, and then she was standing straight, about four feet away from me, with a terrified look in her big, round eyes. I rolled over and started to pray. I looked down the hallway, my door was open, and saw my dad's TV was on. He also has insomnia, so he will often wake up and play video games until he is tired. So I count to three and jolt out of my bed into my dad's room. I didn't sleep in the room ever again. I switched rooms with my sister, and she said she never had the same experience. The next story happened to me twice now, but this is the most weird out of them all. Side note, my grandmother has always been able to know the future because it will be shown to her in a dream or someone will tell her in a dream what will happen. She knew my mom was pregnant because she had a dream of a baby. My mom took the test because of said dream, which confirmed her pregnancy. Anyways, when I was 20, I met my husband's grandma. She was about 65-ish and had short red hair. Lovely lady. When I was 21, I had a dream one night that some woman who looked to be in their 40s with short, dirty blonde hair came to me. She said, quote, I need you to tell my husband's name that I'm going to die. I said, quote, okay, who are you? She said, my name is Sandy. I'm his coworker. So the next day, I asked my husband if he knows a Sandy and described the woman and asked if that was his coworker. Of course, he says no, and we go on about our lives. Maybe a day later, I get this familiar pit in my stomach that someone's death is near. I call my mom daily as the feeling would get worse and worse. I told my mom, someone in Marlon's family is going to die. All I know is that it's a girl. I thought it was going to be his cousin. She has cerebral palsy and was not expected to live as long as she has. My mom told me to ignore it, which if you ever get a gut feeling, you know you can't. Weeks pass. My husband and I are watching TV when his mom calls. They don't have a good relationship, so he tends to send her to voicemail. 
He was about to send her to voicemail again when I got that pit feeling and urged him to answer. My husband used to not believe my sixth sense until I predicted my grandma's death. If you want that story, let me know. Why isn't it here? So I told him, answer the call. I just feel like it's important. She called at like 5 p.m. So it wasn't a late night call where it would be clear it was an emergency. He answers and gives me the look. If you ever have seen a person get told they lost someone, you know what I mean. At this point, I'm not thinking of the dream at all. I'm thinking, holy shit, that pit in my stomach was right again. What the fuck? I talks to his mom for a bit and she asks, do you want me to send you pictures of you and your grandma? My husband says yes and then proceeds to show me some. He shows one from when he was maybe six or 10 years old. And there in the photo is the woman who came to me in my dream. Short, blonde hair, the face, all of it. His grandma's name was Sally. Sandy, Sally, easy to mix up, I'm thinking. That's when I finally remembered the dream and proceeded to have a mini panic attack. Away from him, of course. I mean, the man is grieving. But there you have it. If you want some more, I have some. So just let me know. I truly love you guys very much. You're my comfort podcast. It's so hilarious when you guys will say something like, People listen to us when they clean. And I always pause and look around for a camera because you guys say it while I'm cleaning. Lots of love from Oregon. Wow, Oregon. You you had it. You had the experience. Yeah. There's a little bit of additional um, Go ahead. info too. Mm -hmm. I'm a Mexican-American. Mexican heritage has a lot of ties to spirits and afterlife. My grandmother on my mom's side says that we come from a line of witches. She typically sees good things and has good experiences. My dad's mom, deceased, used to see things too, but everything she saw was horrifying. My dad can astral project, and my brother picked up the same curse. My mom and sister don't have any experiences. Hmm. That is wild. Wild. I, wow. Yeah. I, like, physically, I don't know what it would be like to get that feeling and just I just have that feeling like something I mean it's so specific it's not like something bad is about to happen it's someone's about to die and I know it's going to be a girl and I think it's on this in this family it's really interesting yeah being in the business that I'm in it's not really dying we call it a life cycle it's a life cycle yeah it's something that's going to you know the, the fact that she knew she would, or her spirit knew she was having a life cycle about to happen and said, I'm going to go to my granddaughter-in-law and who will receive this, who might have the ability to, to recognize it. And because she's tapped in. Yeah. Right. Instead of maybe, going to him. Maybe, maybe we're all tapped in, but some of us are more apt to listen to it than others. Maybe we don't develop that, you know, that, or allow that energy to, to say what it is. I tell people all the time after they lose somebody, you know, listen, listen to your subconscious. Maybe if you believe that it's them, maybe it is them. They're trying to give you a message. They're trying to talk to you. They're trying, and you'll say, no, it's just me. I know what they would say. So another, another quick story. I've said it before. I had, yeah. when I started the, my business, I got, I was at a um, a synagogue doing a prayer service uh, that we 
say a prayer for the people that have passed mm -hmm. a year and you know a year later or every year on their anniversary. And this woman walked in and she was convinced that the fellas didn't check the light or turn their little light bulb on. And she went nuts. And as she was swearing at them, you know, four letter words were coming out of this, you know, nine year old woman, like you would not believe. And she's storming off and saying, not another dollar. Don't come to me anymore. I'm done with these, you know, and she was calling them again. She was swearing at them. And I heard my uncle hit me in the head saying, fix it. And only a way, only in words that he would pick. And trust me, was, could have been my my brain saying this is what he would say, or should I take it for the for the granted it was him with his little acronym or his little uh, adjective words or whatever he wanted to use on me to uh, to describe me at that moment, which he would do in a negative way, uh, saying go take care of it, and it's something he would say to me, and I ran after her, and next thing you know is we have a business that I've had for now 17 or 18 years. So because it was misfunctioning, it was... Oh, no, no, did. the board didn't misfunction. The board literally, bulbs go out when you use them. The light bulb was burnt out. Ah. So they did turn I, it on, I did take her back out. in, put her through a paradigm shift to see that it, the guys really didn't ignore her or forget her husband. Ah. It was out and it turned out positive. But the, the spiritual side of this thing was, it was Alan who came to me and hit me on my head, <laughs> I swear, I felt it. That is crazy. Saying, Schmeckle, go fix it. <laughs> and that would be something he would say and exactly what he would do. Yeah. And caught my attention. Yeah. I can't even imagine though, like getting premonitions or feeling like you know someone's going to die and like almost that, like that weight of that on you. Oh. That would be heavy. That would be like heavy for me, I think, to deal with. But Oh, it's a lot because then you're yeah. calling your mom saying, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious about the I, grandma prediction. Now. I make jokes to you about my, my one day not being here and you don't like to hear it at all. No, not at all. But I'm very comfortable with it because I do believe there's another side. I do fully, yeah, fully. I don't want to think about you not being here. So don't. I'll be here. Just differently. No. Just differently. Let's not talk about it. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next. Hi, love the show and Morgan's two hot takes. This happened maybe six or seven years ago. My now husband and I were dating for a few years at this point. We went to visit my parents for part of the December holidays and we're going to see his family for the other half. They're on opposite sides of the country, so we were in the process of flying to see his family, and we got news that his grandmother had unfortunately passed away on his father's side. She had been sick a little while, so it wasn't a surprise, just a bit sad he didn't get to see her again before it happened. We were prepared to help his parents and attend the funeral. They do not get along with the father's siblings for various reasons, and it would be a struggle to keep everyone civil. There was a bit of a wake at grandma's house before we all went over to the cemetery and buried her before we took my husband's siblings back home so his parents could figure stuff out with father-in-law's family at grandma's house. They only got back much, much later, and my mother-in-law was telling us how it went. She mentioned that one of father-in-law's siblings had a meltdown about not wanting to stay at the grandma's house again 
because the night before she swore up and down she'd seen a ghost of an old military-looking man who chased her from her car to the house. We were a bit skeptical. My husband and I never really believed in anything like that. I was getting quite tired from the travel the day before, as well as some emotions about having missed some of my own family members' funerals. I took our dog to the basement where we were sleeping and we were getting ready for bed. Suddenly, our dog started growling intensely at the stairs and door to the main floor. She was about two at the time, fairly well-trained and got along with their pets and family. I could see the door over a small half wall and it was shut. I called for my dog to come over and stop being silly and she would not move. 100% on guard. Oh, no. I could feel the hair on my neck stand on end, and I honestly started to panic a bit. I grabbed some random object to throw in case there was a rat or snake or something that got in the house. I made my way to look around the wall, and there was nothing there. The lights were on, and I could see absolutely nothing. She was still guarding, growling, and honestly being the most aggressive I've ever seen. I got really upset begging her to cut it out and started tearing up trying to get her to stop. I eventually just scooped her up in my arms and ran back to the air mattress. Held her a while and got her to calm down. I couldn't sleep that night until my husband came down to bed. I told him about it and he just brushes it off as maybe she saw something under the door. But he wasn't there and I never saw my dog act that way before or since. When I told my mother-in-law about it the next day, she said they had brought a piece of jewelry from grandma's house with them the night before. One, they had an argument with father-in-law's sister on who should keep it. Ectoplasma was present. Mother-in-law believes in ghosts and paranormal things. I think she convinced father-in-law to give the piece of jewelry to the sister or a family friend. We don't sleep in the basement when we stay there anymore. Ghostbusters. I think animals can see stuff that we can't. It's like mm-hmm. animals and little kids. Different senses. What you allow and, and disallow. I think our, brain, our brains disallow so much. We filter out. But it's just that moment when you have a dog that you know. I mean, after two years, you like you know your dog. Yeah. And they're doing something you've never seen them do before. They're, they will not break focus and they're super aggressive and growling and will not move. That would, <laughs> I don't care what it is, whether it's in the physical or non-physical yeah, realm. No. I would have the same reaction. I mean, that would make me just like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to fall asleep. Oh my God. I no saw way. You, I, he did it during the story. I got his, I started laughing a little. But that, I'm here. that stuff would just. I was rolling back in my head. <laughs> no, you have um you have an experience with like June, the dog you live with right now. She is like the most ball-driven dog. Like she loves balls, she loves toys. Oh yeah. And so she, she she will literally fall asleep with them with her head laying off the side of the couch, ball still in her mouth. No yeah. matter what. She'll sleep all night with the ball in her mouth. She loves balls. So Justin, you'll be throwing the ball in the studio and he'll throw it into this corner. This was one day, yeah. And you can tell the, you've probably well, can tell just, better. Well, it just, it bounced into the back corner and usually she just runs back, grabs it and comes back. Not Usual dog activity. And the ball bounces back there and she's running and she stops. And she kind of starts to look up, which she never usually, you know, dogs no. don't usually look up unless there's like a bird or, you know, usually yeah. it's all down or 
like forward. Or just like if it's up, it's like kind of at you for And it's contact. a dark corner. Like we, the studio is really low lit just for the vibes. Mm-hmm. But she stopped and just looked up. And the it was me, Austin, one of our co-writers was there. And the girls like looks at June and looks over in that corner and is like, nope. Nope, not doing that. And she came and sat by up closer to us where we were. Really? She didn't and, get the ball. She like um, didn't even go into the she corner. She eventually like, like, but she didn't like growl or anything. It was just a pause and a look. And she's such an energetic dog that it was weird. But then she kind of walked over, grabbed it, came back. And that same day we were sitting and this candle that like had totally enough wax and totally enough wick just off and the smoke just starts fading up and it just everything that day kept being these weird moments and there was so a presence in there for and sure. so i was like all right you know what let's see and i bounced into that corner again and she just doesn't even chase it she just looks up into Which the top not, of the corner that's not like this dog like she all. let the ball go and just doesn't even go after it no, into that corner something. she just looks yeah. up again into this- the top this is like not even possible for this dog to not chase a ball the minute you throw it. That was crazy. It's something I actually like work on her with where I make her sit and wait until I throw it. But a lot of times she's so ball driven, she's gone. Like for her to not go after a ball, there was something there. A hundred percent. It was crazy. It's so wild. So now what happens when we're able to tap into brains? You know, Elon, good old Elon. So we're not there yet. Meanwhile, if we ever get there, we can really get a picture of what's going on in that brain. Oh, that would be cool. Very Especially if you could uh, solve crimes by replaying someone's last moments. Hey, why not? You literally see what happens to them. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not there. It's I, not out of the realm. I, say I will it's say there. it's not out of the realm. I'm with you. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Hello, FKS fam. Hello. Hey. I have a spooky encounter from when I was a junior in high school. I was 17 at the time and I had a friend I hung out with a lot and we used to go to a bunch of different creepy places and historical places, literally searching for this kind of stuff. Mm -mm. One night we went to find some creepy places. So we went to an old playground where kids are supposed to laugh and you're supposed to hear them running around. We didn't see anything there. So my mom had told us about this bridge she used to go to that was closer to my house in the middle of a farmland kind of in the middle of nowhere in the countryside. So I told my friend about it and we found where it was and decided to drive there. So mom says, here's a spooky place. Let me go tell you where I used to go and you're going to love this. Yeah. This is like, I, I want to go. I would do this. I'm down. Have her give you, I'm down. Have her send you the longitude and latitude. We will go. Morgan and I. All right. I had been there one time before to kind of scope it out and see what it was like. It's not a big bridge, but the structure itself was pretty tall, if that makes sense. It's called Bowstick Bridge. Look it up. See where it is. When we got there, we looked around and it was slowly getting dark outside and it felt different this time, which is weird because you would think it would feel weird when I went there the first time by myself. We walked along the bridge. It's not very long, but we kind of just chit-chatted. And there was some woods beside it as well, which had a different vibe to it. When they were ready to leave, for some reason, I just felt connected to that bridge. And I don't remember what happened, but I remember the vibe. And I just felt like there was somebody there with us. And I hadn't really had an experience like that before. 
My friend kept pulling me and trying to get me to leave, but I just kept standing there looking out into the woods. Mm. The only thing I remember between the time I started to feel something to when we got in the car and left was I could have sworn I heard someone crying. No. It's almost as if someone was watching us in the woods, but it didn't feel like an actual human being that was still alive. It felt like somebody that had passed on and they were incredibly sad. I almost felt compelled to walk into those woods. Mm -mm. But eventually my friend pulled me away and we drove to get some food after that. My one friend who I was close with said I was acting very strange. Like I wanted to go back to the bridge and I was very standoffish and didn't really speak after that. We went back to his house and when we were there, he pulled me aside and told me that I had stood there looking at those woods for almost 30 minutes as he tried to get me to walk away. What? And it honestly only felt like five minutes, not half an hour. I've never felt such sadness for something I couldn't see in front of me. It was very strange. I've never felt so drawn to something. And to this day, even though it was more than five years ago, I still feel called to that bridge. I visited it since, but I never felt the exact way I did that night. I also have felt ever since that day that something connected to me. It's not something evil, but something familiar. I never could find the history of that bridge or if something happened to it or anything, but something about that night still doesn't fully sit right with me. Oh my God, no. Why do we think that it's not possible that them could have gone into the woods and been fine? I just feel like to be so sucked in where your friends are trying to get you to go and you stand there for 30 minutes staring into the woods, but for you, it feels like five. It's almost like Justin, Mm -hmm. Justin, Justin. And he's so sucked in. He can't hear me. Mm -hmm. I can't pull him from that. It doesn't seem like a happy feel good kind of vibe. And I think the line too, where it's like ever since then, I felt like something's connected to me. And for them, it doesn't feel bad. It just feels familiar but I'm sorry. I don't think anything's supposed to be connected to any of us. Well, so it, for me, I'm like Ugh. maybe it was maybe it's a spiritual moment and this spiritual connection that is I, not necessarily negative. I think for now it might be, it might not feel negative, but I think over time it could get worse. There was another girl that I saw on TikTok that went to New Orleans, and after her trip to New Orleans, she just started having crazy neck Voodoo pain. Voodoo land. Voodoo crazy land. Crazy neck pain. It was unexplainable. It felt like knives stabbing in her neck. Voodoo land. Crazy. And so she goes to a chiropractor. She goes to a doctor. She gets x-rays taken. She does all this stuff. Nothing would help her neck pain. Mm-hmm. And so she's at her wit's end or something and ends up going to like a spiritualist or a medium or something. And the medium goes, you have someone connected to you and they are latched onto you at the base of your neck. And what does that mean? Whenever she went to New Orleans, she went on these haunted tours and an entity latched onto her. And so she went through this process with the medium of getting cleansed. And after that, her neck pain that she had had for well over a year, it was debilitating gone. So they slipped off. They put oil on her and she was unable to to latch any longer. And that little slipped right off her body. Something happened, but it was gone. I found the bridge. Wow. Where's the bridge? Allen County. Allen County where? Indiana. Really? Where is that? Is that what you were picturing? Well, not quite (laughs) a train. I was picturing a covered bridge, but similar shape, covered bridge. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't mm. picturing that. But meanwhile, so that's like a train trestle. Is that what that is? It looks like metal. I think it's a road, though. Mm-hmm. Before restoration. So where, where oh, it, before the restoration, it looks real creepy. Let's see. Ooh. Ooh, dark, dark. Where is Allen, uh, Indiana? See if I've been there. Fort Wayne. Been to Fort Wayne, but I haven't been to the to the Allen Bridge. Mm, good thing. Wow. There it is. I would honestly, if I were you, I would contact a medium and make sure that nothing is hanging on you because that this one does not give me good feelings. Not I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy right now. I kind of want to go to the bridge. <laughs> and bring home a friend. <laughs> Hell no. Well, is that it for the show? We have one last one if you can keep awake. I can keep awake. Hello, THT and Father Knows fam. I'm here with a 100% real spooky story for you, and I hope you all enjoy. So as Morgan would say, let's jump in. Jump in. In 1839, the Whitehall Mill was established with the purpose of producing cotton and woolen products. In the 1830s and 1840s, the company built a mill village along Whitehall Road, adjacent to the mill. Thinking that one of these charming little historic homes suited me, I opted to rent one when I finished out my degree. The place had been renovated, but it still had the beautiful old floors and much of it was preserved. Well, our story starts on day one of the lease, when my fiancé was helping me move in. We'll call him Nick as a homage to my favorite Backstreet Boy. There were two little bedrooms upstairs that I didn't plan to use. I was only moving into the master downstairs. So when I heard the distinct sound of heavy boots on the floor above that night, I called out to Nick, thinking that it was him and that I should remind him to not carry stuff up there. You see, Nick wasn't a small man, probably 5'11 and 200 pounds, and he almost exclusively wore boots. So this sounded like Nick. But it was really Nick. I called to him up the stairs asking what he was doing, but his reply came from where he was laying on my bed to rest after a long day of hauling furniture. Of course, this was odd, but I brushed it off without thinking too much of it. In hindsight, the house was built for mill workers, so the heavy work boots made sense. Needless to say, I always knew that my ghost was a man. Anyways, the next day, more spookiness continued when Nick was in the dining area. Off this room was a door to the back driveway. Being an old, heavy door on a house with a settled foundation, you really had to push it shut or it would swing open. But once it was shut, you knew that it was shut. I came into the room just as the doorknob peacefully turned on its own and the door slowly swung open. Nick and I stared at each other in disbelief, but so began the string of wild events. Once, while laying in bed with Nick, I heard something land on the floor above that was so heavy that it shook the ceiling above my bed, waking me from a dead sleep. Mind you, upstairs was empty, not a single piece of furniture. At night, I almost always felt watched by some invisible spectator if I was alone, so sometimes this meant that I struggled to sleep. One night at around 1 a.m., I finally built up the courage to turn off the lights. After about two or three minutes, the lights came back on. So I decided, fuck it. No clapper. I'll sleep with the lights on until they turned my lights back off a few minutes later. At this point, I knew someone was fucking with me. 
It wasn't an electrical surge or bad weather. The lights didn't flicker. It turned on. Dot, 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 dot. It turned off. It felt very purposeful. And I almost felt that whoever was there sensed my fear and was having a bit of fun with me. So I decided that he was an asshole. I would turn off the lights to go to work. When I'd come home, the hallway light would be usually on again with a dead roach in the dead center of the hallway directly under the light. It was weird. Again, probably just trying to mess with me. My dog would refuse to go upstairs. The stairs were old and creepy as hell. Something just felt wrong about it. Further proof to me that he was upstairs. When I would take my dog to go visit my fiance or family, she'd try to avoid getting back in the car. She would hide and tuck her tail. She hated that house. To this day, she still hates car rides. Well, one evening, I was letting my dog out to go to the bathroom. She ran around a bend in the gravel road that kind of doubled as my driveway and led around to an old Baptist church. So I followed her around the curve and found that just beyond some trees was a whole damn graveyard in my backyard. I can't figure out how to add screenshots here, but I have photos of the house as well as the Google Maps view of the graveyard. Now, based on the sound of the boots upstairs and what felt like a very male presence, I still believed that my fellow resident was a mill worker from the Whitehall Mill. And to be honest, I didn't really investigate whether or not any mill workers were buried there. In hindsight, I wish I would have, but I did try talking to him while standing by the stairs, since at this point I knew he preferred to hang out up there. I told him that I meant no harm, but I'd prefer it if he could stop trying to mess with me. I asked if we could please just live peacefully and respectfully live together. I never heard from him vocally or saw him, and after that, I no longer felt his presence in my room. However, this is where the story takes an even creepier turn. I had only needed the house for one semester, but I'd signed a year lease with a promise to the landlord that I'd find someone to take it over for the remainder of the year. I found a nice girl that was a bit older than me and had a young son. I think he was around four. I was honest and gave her a heads up about the odd happenings around the house, but she brushed it off and said she didn't believe in such things. After they moved in, my roommate carried on with her regular routine of putting her son to bed upstairs around 8 p.m. And then she'd come down for a glass of wine in the living room with me. Some nights he'd began crying and begging for his mom, saying that there was a man in his room. She always said that he was just being a kid that was avoiding his bedtime. But I mean, I kind of think there was a man in his room. Damn. I have to wonder if maybe this entity's fascination with me was replaced by a new target, the kid that was in his room. I felt bad for that little boy, and I hope he's not traumatized. <gasps> Poor kid. I want to know if he died in the house. Like, was he a mill worker? And then, like, did he die in the house? Like, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to see pictures. So hopefully we can send her Stories. an email really fast and say, hey, can you send the pictures? Poor kid just being put up there like, hey, you're well, good, how, you're I wonder, good. I wonder how old the kid is. <laughs> Probably pretty young. Young. Yeah, young. Like, no, someone's in my room. I don't want to go to sleep. No, you're just, no, just, you're just trying to avoid your bedtime after all the stuff that happened before. Oh my God. I'm curious how the sounds are made. 
like the loud boots or the loud dropping of some heavy object. How does it how does it how does it manifest itself into a physical with no physical object? Good question. I'm always like, I want energy. to know more. There's always middle energy. It's powerful. I just sent an email asking for pictures. Nice. Yeah. I um I'm really oh, it's really scary. The door flying open is one thing. Because I just actually heard about this syndrome. It's called exploding head syndrome. Mm. And I had no idea about this until recently. And exploding head syndrome is a sleep disorder. Although it sounds painful, you feel no pain. You hear a loud noise or explosion in your head. The sound isn't real or heard by others. It happens as you're falling asleep or when waking up during the night. I'm practicing that now to see if it works. Yeah. So you're saying that it's all just created in the mind. That's, but like it can be explosions, doors banging, gunshots. Um, some people hear ringing sounds like bells, well, screams. It goes back to my very first thing that I said how much of it's really physical and what's really their ability of getting in our head and having to pull, you know, pull our strings. But is it pulling our strings or is our mind pulling tricks on us? Uh, or is this real and this is like this is science's way. way? But like you think about exploding head syndrome and sleep paralysis. What if that's just science's way to explain away these other things? Like a bunch of people have seen sleep demons. Oh, must be sleep paralysis because the paranormal isn't real. So is it observable? Can we observe it during a sleep study and we see the brain waves during times where patients report this happens? Or is it uncorrelated? Like I, we got to do some research. Question. Mm. Guy in the back. Yeah. <laughs> guy in the Yeah. Guy with the bat. Uh, I just don't understand why it can't be a way of communicating electronically. We all we we say that everything is through electricity. Energy. Yeah. Energy. Mm -hmm. No energy is created what, what, nor destroyed. Why why can they why can this not be a mental connection? Why cannot travel be mental connection? Why are we so limited that it has to be physical for us to physically have been there when we have the ability of taking a telephone line and moving that energy? Why, why do you love someone that is dead or that died before you're even born? How can you love something that's well, not in front of you? What's maybe, the social maybe, utility in maybe that? Maybe it's not love. Maybe you're using the word love different. Maybe there's still a strong connection that is a fit that, that manifests itself to say, I am real, I am an energy, you're an energy, because you inhibit a physical body doesn't make you any more real than me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying love can transcend mm -hmm. our three dimensions because what's the social utility of loving someone that's no longer here? I don't know that. Why? And I, I never understood why they say, love until death do you part. Who came up with that great line? I don't, I don't know. Because it goes beyond that even a lot of times. Yeah. It is interesting. Great stories. Thank you all so much for sharing. Yeah. I did reach out to email for pictures. So fingers crossed we get them back. We can throw a picture of the bridge up too. Yeah. And if we don't get any of these pictures back in time, we'll put them on the Father Knows Something Instagram. So head over there to check those out. But other than that, we've got amazing Patreon content in October. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for some more goods. So one John, more spooky story. And just yeah. remember this. Father only knows something. Morgan is much more clever. She knows most things. 
No. <laughs> just a couple. But that's but, all we got for you. And what about you? And you're and you're you know a lot too. Um, you know, I fly under the radar. You do. You have a great way of doing that. All right, guys, we will see you on Patreon. We are next. Come chime on in. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. Bye.